10th of October 1839. The expulsion of my dear Lord Melbourne from his position as my Prime Minister has not only left me in grief, but additionally has left me thinking. Perhaps the good members of Parliament were correct. Perhaps Lord Melbourne did have too great of an influence over me, and perhaps I have not had enough influence over myself. This I plan to rectify quite immediately. Oh, Sir John, Drina has been ever so miserable since she lost her dear Lord M. That is good for us. Now is the time to fill the role of mentor with someone useful. It is time we find our dear Majesty a husband. His Imperial Highness the Grand Duke Alexander Nikolaevich Romanov. Oh, goodness, Your Imperial Highness. You Russians have a most lively step. We live to live, my duchess. How endearing. Did you know my dear Drina does so love to dance? I must find her before the evening is out. His Royal Highness, George, Crown Prince of Hanover. Ah, Prince George. How is your father, the King of Hanover? Glad to be in Hanover. Unlike my unfortunate self. But of course! You know, I've heard the Queen is looking for a suitor. Mmm, she's a bit pudgy. Yes, well, she has other attributes that might be appealing, such as being the Queen of England. I'll think about it. Ferdinand, Duke of Orleans. Bonjour, my sweet little Duke Ferdinand. Have I mentioned to you my Drina's intentions to marry? No, madame, you had not. But let me say, I am He's quite- He's Catholic. Au revoir, monsieur. Oh, Sir John, Zizavich is such a lovely young gentleman, but a volatile heir. And Prince George is about as malleable as a boulder. We need other options. Yes, I do think so. What do we think of the Prince of Saxe-Coburg? Your Majesty, your guests are awaiting you in the ballroom. There are some rather handsome men eager to adorn your dance card. The level to which I am ambivalent to that fact has never before been matched in all of human history. Her Majesty Queen Victoria. Oh, the beautiful Queen of England. Shall we dance? I suppose. It is lovely to see you again, Your Imperial Highness. And you, my Majesty. I hear tell you are looking for a consort. Oh, and from who did you hear tell? What a picture we would make. Two young royals at the top of the world. Me at the helm of mighty Russia. You leading little England. What a picture indeed. Yet I find lately I'm quite more fond of individual portraits. Cousin Victoria! Cousin George. If we share this dance, you aren't going to make me lift you, are you? I dare say I'm not even going to make you speak to me. Your Majesty. Oh dear Ferdinand, how lovely to see you. I do not know if I'm allowed to be dancing with you this evening. This is not a room meant for Catholic men. Yes, well, this is not a room much meant for unspoken for queens either, it does seem. Your Majesty. Good heavens, Conroy, 
You are like a fly who cannot be squashed. I hear the Prince of Saxe-Coburg will be here this evening. He would be a suitable match for you. No? I hear Ireland is lovely this time of year. It would be a suitable place for you to exile yourself to. No? Another dance, your majesty. Oh, I really... Shall we finish our dance, oh, your majesty? Ferdinand, oh, I... Do remember to save a dance for... Mama, I am quite back. in the middle of something. Your majesty. Your majesty. Drina. My majesty. Stop it. I have had enough of this who and what and when and where. Kindly, I'll remind you all that I'm not some cobra brooding mare. I am the Queen of England, the sovereign of this land, and thus I declare that I shall not give my hand. After careful contemplation of my very sacred station, I have realized that I can leave this holy sovereign nation with purpose and with certainty that the Lord bestowed on me. Let the nation sing. God save the Queen. God save us. Good God save I've us. not seen one happy union, not one happy marriage, to make me think such things can still be done. And what's the reason or the rhyme to be forced to share my time when after all, all along the crown's already won? After tried and true reflection and to holy introspection, I find that your obsession with my hand is but deflection to keep me stagnant in my place so you might rule the English race. Yet the people sing, God save the Queen. I may not be the second Elizabeth in this kingdom, but I will gladly be the next Virgin Queen of England. This solitary burden I alone shall carry, and thus I declare that I shall never marry. Honestly, Your Majesty, how selfish can you be? Interesting that you should claim the selfish one is me. Or have you not yet realized while putting me out to wife that if God had wanted a man on the throne, he'd have kept the king alive? After countless conversations and your pointless devastation, I find I cannot trust a soul in my administration to act in the true interest of the monarch who they claim to love. So let the people sing and the bells of London ring so all may know the queen shall Serene Highness Prince Albert of Saxe-Coburg. Mary! Cousin Victoria. Cousin Albert. If you will excuse me, I find I have grown tired of dancing. But of course. Good evening. Oh, if only it were. Cousin Albert has come to join us for some time at Windsor Castle whom I found grown and changed and embellished. He is quiet and reserved, yet one must admit, he does look rather dashing in the Windsor uniform. I do appreciate you coming all this way from London, Sir Robert. It is my pleasure as Prime Minister to serve the needs of the Crown. Cousin Victoria. Oh, Prime Minister, have you met His Serene Highness Prince Albert? Sir? He is visiting us from Coburg. I hope you are finding our little island in the sea to your liking, your Serene Highness. There is a lot of rain here. Yes. Yes, well, 
anyway, to the matter at hand, Prime Minister. This talk of riots in the papers to the south of London, what is the upset? The living conditions, Mum. A lock of pauper neighbourhoods are growing overcrowded, and a few volatile tenants of these sad places have been threatening violence, but I would not be too concerned over the unrest. These things are certain to work themselves out. Should you not be concerned? Sir? You have a thought on the matter, Albert? I was merely asking you. If your people are unsettled, should you not be concerned as to I? I was concerned, so I consulted my minister most familiar with the current landscape. He assures me I should no longer be concerned, and so I am not. I'm quite familiar with it too. I've been reading your English papers, writings by your English journalists. It seems your countryman thinks there is a decent cause for concern. Well, the press is known to be... You say there's overcrowding. Why? These matters can be complicated, Your Highness. There are a series Is it not money? Sir? The issue of money, sir. They do not make too little. Their houses do not cost too much. The food in the markets, it's not rotting on the stand. All very astute points, Albert. But the matter at hand was about the dangerous methods they were threatening to use to provoke change. Threats that I am assured are to be dealt with. Have you not considered that they may be speaking so loudly now because you've ignored them when they were civil? Something to consider, indeed. Good day, Albert. Can't you hear Victoria? The people on the street are screaming out and looking up to you. For once use your position and your blessed high-born seat to see if there is something you might do. They tell of children in the streets, in piles of dirt and grime. The chance for change is at your feet, but you haven't got the time. Can't you see? You're the only one who can do what must be done. The people who adore you and come to bow before you are not just jewels to add to your crown. They writhe in discontentment, you offer them resentment when you could lift them up but keep them down. Can't you hear Victoria? The people on the street are calling out and begging you to try. And shall you be the reaper then, the harvester of men, deciding who may live and who may die? You hide away from life below, behind your palace walls, often doing little or often more nothing at all. Can't you see? You could lead the way to a bright and a brand new day. I know I'm speaking out of turn, but after all that I have learned, I'm quite appalled at what I've found. Your London is a poison plague, your people it's poor victims. Britain is a circus and your ministers it's clowns. Well tell me sir, just what you do, if this task then fell to you. Support them, 
Give them houses that they can afford With money from your wasteful lords Access to education Raise them out of devastation Give the chance to break free from The cage that Richmond built You cannot be a ruler If you're pleased with being blind For you are no ruler If but one man's left behind Do we not agree with His Serene Highness, Sir Robert? Mum? Shall we not see what actions might need taking to start such public programmes? They seem sensible. Yes, Mum. But I said it... You called me Victoria. Yes? I am rarely regarded to with such familiarity these days. My apologies. Your Majesty. Victoria will do just fine, I think. What a sensible, kind, and a goodly man. I blush that I know of the sort. But it's the charm of his countenance which I find most pleasing at court. Good Lord. Young infatuation. (laughs) How droll. Oh, Bertie, give me that. Do you think she knew when she was writing all that drivel? Knew what? That behind those large blue eyes, beautiful nose and sweet mouth with fine teeth. Oh, good heavens, Mother, what was he, a horse? Bertie. Was a controlling, narcissistic megalomaniac who... They loved each other very much. (laughs) They admired the shape of each other, Beatrice. Do not make it more than it was. I will make it exactly what it is. Love. Good lord. Love that only took five days. Five days to find. Five days to understand. Five days to know that it was love meant for a lifetime. You cannot fall in love in five days. You can barely learn someone's name in five days. Just because you have never learned to love your wife does not mean... Oh, do not dare make this about me. Does not mean that our mother and father did not have a quite opposite experience to your own. I must be so beautiful in that fairyland you have created. I have created nothing. Every word you read is her own. Mm, Yes, but what words will you leave out of your fantasy? Do you need something, Bertie? Or have you simply come for your bi-weekly doling out of torment? Both, as it happens for today. I need you to sign these. My lawyers have been waiting for them. I know they have. Well, Mother always taught us it is rude to keep people waiting, so pop along now. I will not be signing them, Bertie. Beatrice. I cannot allow these alterations to Ospin House. Why? What good reason could you have? It was their home, Bertie. Our home. Buckingham Palace was the seat of the monarchy. But Ospin was the hearth of family. Ugh, Beatrice, do not try Mother's domestic rhetoric on me. You have already tossed away most of her belongings, and now you want to make the safest place in her world a military college? (laughs) She loved the military. She thought their uniforms were terribly handsome. I will not do it, Bertie. What is wrong with me wanting to make Ospin useful? You aren't exactly occupying it, and your son does not want it. It may be mine by law, but it is not mine. It is still hers. Ridiculous. We must preserve history at all costs now, is it? Well, that is, of course, when we mustn't, and instead rewrite it. I mean, who made you the authority of the past? Our mother. She gave me Osborne. 
She gave me Balmoral. She gave me her diaries because she trusted what I would do with them. And to think, all she gave me was an empire. October the 15th, 1839. I find Albert a curious companion. Serious yet passionate, softly spoken but powerfully minded. It is when in his company, I think, that perhaps it would not be all so bad to not rule alone. Albert! Victoria, you called for me. Yes, yes I did. Do come in. Sit, please. I suppose you are wondering why, why I have called you. Perhaps, yes. I find I am quite wondering myself. I've been doing rather a lot of that lately. Wondering, that is. Wondering is good for the soul, I believe. Yes, it does feel that way. <laughs> it is all so silly, really, how it started. The wondering. There are many silly things about my position. People are not allowed to speak to me before I speak to them, or refer to me by name. Both of which you have done. Am I here for a reprimand? No, <laughs> no, of course not. I would not have um, tolerated it if I had found it displeasing. Ah, so I am tolerated. I think you are rather much more than that, Albert. This is not at all how the little girl in Kensington Palace would have wanted it to go. May I ask, what is this it you are speaking of? One of the many things you are not allowed to do is ask me a certain question. I have to ask you. But I did not imagine it that way. It is never the princess asking the prince in the fairy stories after all. You are no princess. No. I am not, but I was for so long, and if I am to be honest with you, Albert, I do still often feel like one. I do still, with much regret, often dream like one. May I ask then, Victoria, what do princesses dream of? I would wear a white gown, and I would wear a flower crown, and soon they'd all forget that I am queen. He would be in soldier's dress, with medals hanging from his chest, the strong and stolid image of a picture-perfect dream, fantasies I within my arms and all the world is calm the world is right you shall be the center of a universe that's born of love and i shall be the beacon that will lead you through the night fantasies i never dreamed for how could they ever be? Oh, can't you see, dear, 
Now that you're here, I'm living my wildest dreams. All the kingdoms shall sing Gloria. Sing in jubilation. But first I have still to ask. I must be honest with you, Albert. Ever since I rose to my position, I have been fighting to keep it. I fought my family, my conspirators. I have lost my dearest friends to this role, a, a role that I did not think was well matched with companionship. Albert, I so thought that I wished to do this alone. You do not wish this anymore. I wish many things, some that are compatible and contradictory all at once. Yet, in each wish, your name arises always. Is it childish to ask, sir? If you wish for me also... To be wished for may be childish, but to be childish is not altogether unbecoming. All the kingdoms shall sing Gloria for Albert and Victoria and we shall rise to their task. Oh, we'll They sing in jubilation, but first you have still, still to ask. Albert of Saxe-Coburg, it would fill me with indelible happiness if you would consent to the wish that you shall be my prince and husband. Such indelible happiness would in turn be mine to say yes. But this cannot be. I must have been invited. This match would not have happened without me. I am so sorry, Sir John. Is there nothing I can do for you? Then the Queen says no. The Queen I made. I think you will find, Sir John Conroy, that she has quite made herself. Are you to rub your victory of invitation in my face then, Prime Minister Peel? No, I think I shall instead pity you. Goodbye, Sir John. Oh, hear the sound of nations as they sing in jubilation.